Hey, women's basketball fans, welcome to Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans brought to you by Black Rosie Media and hosted by Erica L. Ayala. Hello, New York Liberty fans, and of course, WNBA fans, Hoops fans. Welcome back to another episode of Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans. My name is Erica L. Ayala. I am here with Brian Florentin, and we got to do our bit, Brian. You are at Barclays once again, another New York Liberty home game, which we will talk about shortly. But who we got on the wall today? <laughs> today, we have... what? There she goes. It is Beyonce. Okay, okay. It's, the background's a little bit blurry, but it is her. This is, I want to say 2015, but it's her. And there we go, I, Queen Bay in the are, house. We are, we are one, I am one month away from Beyonce at MetLife Stadium. I am, Ooh. I am counting down the days. Okay, look at that in the house. Brian gonna be in the house. Okay, we're gonna have to talk to you about that for sure. So it's Queen Bay <laughs> on the wall for us today. Uh, but you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some other queens that hit the court this weekend. We have a game that was postponed. We gotta talk about. There's been a lot of news, Brian. There's been a lot of news, and not just New York Liberty news. Mm -hmm. And that's actually where we're gonna start. Uh, we'll bookend with two kind of national stories. One is unfortunately that the Phoenix Mercury, particularly Brittany Griner, was approached by some... There are so many words uh, and adjectives that I want to use, but I'm just going to say a personality um, who thought it would be really hilarious to approach Brittany Griner in the middle of an airport, which of course led to concerns about safety. I first came across this and wrote about the story for Forbes because of uh, Brianna Turner's tweets about safety. Um, I asked Kathy Engelbert, commissioner of the WNBA about player safety, particularly for the Phoenix Mercury and Brittany Griner um, at the start of the season. Let's just play a, a short clip of Kathy Engelbert answering that question. Hey, Commissioner, always a pleasure to hear from you. You started your remarks talking about Brittany Griner, and I think it's safe for all of us to say that she's gone through an experience that's truly unprecedented, certainly for this league, and um, which we hope we don't see again. To that extent, though, have there been any considerations that the league or the Phoenix Mercury in particular have made, whether it's with respect to Brittany's transition or to safety and just kind of media concerns um, with regard to her, her unique situation? Yeah, so I'm glad you just used that word unique because I think her situation is unique. I was able to spend about two and a half hours with Brittany uh, a month or so ago talking with her uh, about her return to the league, talking about physical, mental, all the things. Obviously, her story is going to be incredible when she chooses to share it. Um, she is just um, inspiring. That's all I'll say. Um, and yes, we've been working substantially with our security experts, with the Phoenix Mercury, with Brittany's team, about um, given her unique conditions, about um, some things that we'll uh, do this year. Um, by nature of the fact that it's a security plan, it'll be confidential. We're not going to share the details of that security plan. Obviously, people will know 
where she's playing and when. Does that mean we're wrapping up? Um, uh, where she's playing and when, but we'll keep those. Uh, but rest assured, we're working on, because it is a unique situation, and I think we all want to protect all of our players, so we're looking at um, additional security for all of our players, not just Brittany, but Brittany definitely being a unique case this year. So. Uh, yes, we're, we've worked on that plan and we're putting some finishing touches as we get into training camp and then into the regular season. But thank you. And so, Brian, it seems like and we have some conflicting reports. Anyone who watched uh, the Liberty game on ABC, you heard Latrina Robinson and Monica McNutt talk through that. The WNBA is saying that Brittany Griner has had access to charters. Uh, now, Lindsay Colas, who is Griner's. Um, agent. I reached out to Lindsay Colas. I did not hear from her, but I believe the Washington Post spoke to Lindsay Colas. And apparently the charters were not available for the entirety of the season, but only in particular scenarios. So we have not heard back from the league regarding that. But this, of course, is a larger issue for a lot of people when it comes to safety and security, but also when it comes to why WNBA players do not charter. So Brian, first I want to get your thoughts on everything that we know up to date. And then I want to take, I want to have you take us back to uh, media availability with Sandy Brondello, where she actually talked about safety and security. One thing that, well, firstly, that guy who, who, who was harassing BG, he's not worth mentioning. So we're just going to leave him in the dustbin where he belongs. And the um, and media availability today, it was a lot of discussion about player safety back in preseason um, on the day that all the coaches across the league had Zoom media availability. Sandy Brondello informed us that the Liberty are traveling with their own security person when they're on the road and at airports. I think most teams are going to uh, travel with a security person, and we should. I mean, these are household name uh, people. We're traveling commercial and uh, we were around a lot more people. So, I mean, having a, the security person travel with us and, you know, I know the players we get in charters, that's certainly going to help as well too. But, you know, we just got to make sure that we're protecting all these players because um, and keeping them safe that, so that we can get on court and, and have a, have a great product. Which I believe is brand new for them this year. And, Renee Montgomery and the, and the Atlanta Dream owner mentioned they're going to be having security as well, too. So for, for, for the league and players, that safety aspect is so critical because especially with all the sort of like issues going on in the country and airport and airport safety in particular is a big sort of worry for a lot of different people. So they're, 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 the league, the, the teams individually are trying to accommodate for, for that. And when it comes to the charter piece, Satsu Sabali had her media availability this morning, and she mentioned that she is look she as a member of the executive committee of the Players Association wants the league to move from beyond that initial statement and into action. So that part I think is going to be really interesting to sort of keep an eye on. And I think also I found it I found it interesting that the league sort of pushed back on BG and the Mercury and about the flight, about the charter situation. I thought that was curious and I'm really interested to see more reporting as, as folks that uncover what the policies are when it comes to BG and Phoenix and hearing from the commissioner directly when it comes to this issue and other issues as well too. Yeah, I agree. I think that, again, it's conflicting reporting. So at, at minimum, we need to get a better understanding of what was available, what wasn't available. We will keep the finger on the pulse, but um, we did want to lead with that. 
And, you know, the implications that this will have, certainly for Brittany Griner, which is an immediate need, but also it goes into, and the WMBPA alluded to this, that this is also just player safety. More often than not, from what we can tell, WNBA players, when they do have fan engagements and interactions, they are pleasant. Uh, there are fans that sometimes will recognize them in one of picture or a video, and sometimes there are fans that will just say hello and keep it moving. But... Unfortunately, he who shall not be named has now garnered. I, I know I certainly have been getting in my mentions people who likely don't consume any of my content on the WNBA, which is fine, but now are arriving just to have a say on this particular conversation. So does this now encourage people who are not here for the sport, not here for the culture, not here for the social justice, but are here for the gotcha and to make people like Brittany Griner look bad, to have really um, deplorable conversations, um, trying to determine how they choose to identify people as opposed to how people identify themselves. So there's just a lot of ugliness, unfortunately, that can now follow because of the actions of one if I'm being honest, a uh, person that I consider to, to be um, uh, lacking tact <laughs> is the nicest way to put it. But anyway, we have plenty of WNBA news to get to. We, we said we were going to talk about three games, Brian, but in reality, we're only going to talk about two. And that is because the game against Minnesota that was set for Barclays was postponed, canceled, um, you know, depending on how you sometimes people use those interchangeably. We are expecting that game to be rescheduled, but it was not played last week. And that had to do uh, that was due, I should say, to wildfires that are happening in Canada, which have created uh, or did create a lot of smoke and low visibility in New York City. Now, again, you are our reporter on the ground in Brooklyn. We talked about this a little bit off air, but um, you, you yourself have been experiencing this and, of course, have been uh, boots on the ground as the team has been reacting. What can you tell us about, first of all, how is everything now? The game, obviously, on Sunday was played, but how did this impact uh, the New York Liberty and greater New York City? Yeah. Um, yeah, because I live in Brooklyn and covered the Liberty, I sort of had a firsthand experience with it. So Tuesday, I was out and about and at, at, at my um, day job, one of my clients called me, she was like, you know, I have, I'm not going outside because the air is so bad. I, like, just look up, just look up and then you see it. And then, you know, Wednesday, it got progressively worse. Um, I was we, we were talking beforehand. I would look out, I would look out the window of my office and then it'd just be pitch black. And it'd be at 2 p.m. because the smoke was so overwhelming and it was almost impossible to see. It's almost like think of the haziest place you've ever been and multiply it by five. That's how bad it was. And then when it came to game time, a lot the postponements also happened consecutively. First, the NWSL game got postponed with, 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 I believe, Gotham FC. Then the Liberty announced that their game was postponed. And from, from the reporting from, 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 from one of the folks in the beat, smoke had gotten into the Barclays Center. So you could just imagine, especially for a game like basketball, where you just need to really have good pulmonary function. You need good pulmonary function for everything. But for, especially for a game that requires so much cardio like basketball, just having smoke in the arena makes it almost untenable to work with. And, you know, even as I was walking in the community, I was wearing my N95 mask and the smoke was still getting through to that. 
So it just, the, the situation in New York was so bad and it made it almost impossible. Like people couldn't exercise in the community. You couldn't walk around. Everyone had to really, everyone had to really sort of like amplify their protective measures to the nth degree just to be able to make it from point A to point B. So I think that, you know, safety always comes first. And I think the league and the, and the team at the Delivery Links did the, made the right choice in postponing the game and setting it for another day. So I think that promoting that safety for them and for everyone else in the greater northeastern and Canada areas is so vital, especially with, with, with climate sort of evolving and getting more tenuous and more strenuous. I think that, that we're going to have to gradually sort of figure out what to do to ensure that we're safe, our communities are safe, and the planet is safe too. Well said. So many things outside of sports that are in play here. And although I am not in New York with you right now, my family is, and that's my home. So uh, we were talking off air again about just what that experience has been like for people who are in New York and obviously Canada as well, where the fires are starting and people are in very real and hurtful ways, uh, losing homes, having damage. So we want to keep everyone lifted up. We do know that the New York Liberty were able to play their game in Atlanta. So that was on the road. So as things were starting to clear up, obviously in New York City, the New York Liberty were able to travel down to Georgia where Sabrina Ionescu made some history, career high, also now is the franchise leader in uh, three-pointers made in a single game. Uh, a pretty pretty commanding lead and their first 100-point game of the weekend. We'll get into the second one a little bit later. Brian, what were some of your takeaways from that game against the Atlanta Dream? Well, um, one, one, one sort of side-related point, um, in my in my other sports journey, I root for the New York Mets, and they were in Atlanta this week, so they blew leads in three straight nights. And then, so I was like, "Hmm, could you just imagine?" And then Friday, the Liberty built up that twenty point lead in the first half, and then it just gradually started to trickle down, trickle down, trickle down, and it got to seven. I'm like, "Oh no, it's happening again!" Atlanta, House of Horrors, it cannot happen. And then. The Liberty, Maureen Johannes made a steal that led to a layup and made it a nine-point game. And it was almost like a moment where the team just took a collective deep breath and got themselves recentered and got back down to business and then won going away. So I thought that for them, especially on the heels of losing that home game to Chicago, just having that resilience, composure, and perseverance to withstand a heavy barrage from Atlanta and finish strong the way they did was incredibly impressive. And on the Sabrina front, I was incredibly impressed. Um, we talked about it last Sunday, and she mentioned after we, after we were done, we, we found out with reporting from Christina and some other folks in the beat that she was dealing with a tight with a slightly tight ha left hamstring but one thing that i found interesting was, was that she said that you know i'm getting through it and, and i'll be okay and when she got back on the court on friday she really she set the franchise record for three pointers made but also what i found most impressive was that she kept attacking the basket i think that when sabrina is at her best she's getting downhill putting pressure on the defense, creating shots for herself and others. And I think leveraging that with her ability to shoot from what Sandy today called NBA range from three-point three land is so valuable. And I think that for Sabrina in particular, 
it's a situation where teams are always going to try to sort of get her off her spots, play her as physically and as tough as possible so they could frustrate her, force her into mistakes. And I think for her, just being able to sort of stay with the program, stay dedicated, stay locked in, and still be able to excel in the ways that she does, I think is a wonderful, wonderful sign for her and her team. Yeah, you hit on so much there. It was 37 points, 61.5% clip from the arc in the 106-83 game. Uh, The win for the New York Liberty, Brianna Stewart, just, you know, light work with 25 points herself and nine (laughs) rebounds. Uh, And then, you know. She makes it look so easy. So easy. And, you know, she alluded to some of that. And I think there is just a fluidity with her game. Um, You know, she and Sandy talked a little bit about that. We'll get to that when we talk about Sunday's game. But on the side of uh, the Atlanta Dream, who the New York Liberty are going to see again this coming week. You had uh, Ryan Howard, uh, who was Rookie of the Year uh, last year, 15 points. Uh, Alicia Gray, once a Rookie of the Year our candidate. She, did she win that year? I always forget. I think it was she narrowly won. That was a little controversial. Anyway, Gray had 17 points. Cheyenne Parker also with 12. And you mentioned it, and it's still a little bit of an issue. We'll talk about it when we talk about the game against the Dallas Wings. But the New York Liberty still working up to that full game, that complete 40. I think this was a better showing, and that toughness that you mentioned, so critical to this New York Liberty team. Uh, So they get that win, and like you said, uh, save for just a a little bit of a blip early on, and, you know, we'll show our uh, lead tracker. But, I I mean, you know, it was that turning point that you mentioned, and the New York Liberty were really able to take a commanding lead, uh, outscoring uh, the the Atlanta Dream in uh, two of the – or, excuse me, three of the four quarters. Um. I want to talk a little before we talk about Sunday's game against the Dallas Wings, the lead up to Sunday's game. Now, we talked about it a little bit. It would be Natasha Howard coming back to New York. I know that Barclays had a video honoring her. I thought that was great. Now, what I thought was an underreported story that as someone who was watching the game, I really enjoyed was Maddie Segrist. She's from New York, from upstate New York. Um, just above Westchester County and um, her family. I heard on the broadcast that her family purchased 300 tickets to come see Maddie Segris play. Um, so I thought they that were was deep fun. out here today. They were so deep. It was loud. You could hear when she subbed in for the first time. So I just love that. I wanted to give Maddie some love. She went to school at Villanova, um, you know, playing in the Big East. So, you know, the Big East is is definitely, I mean, literally, they come to New York City for their media day. So lots of love in that area um, in Brooklyn and New York City for the Big East. So I thought that was great for Maddie. But, of course, um, you know, we we had some scheduling conflicts. We really wanted to set you up, uh, that being listeners and viewers, to have a little bit of an in-depth analysis of the Sabali sisters. I did a story for Forbes, but let's you and I, Brian, talk about it. Satu Sabali and the Dallas Wings 
Titans against Niara Savali and the New York Liberty. This would be the first time the two sisters hit the same court in the WNBA. And quite honestly, the first time that they'd hit the same court in a game, in a game scenario, in a handful of years, just given the different injuries and, of course, the the age difference. Um, So what were some of your favorite things leading up to Sunday's matchup when it came to Niara and Satu and um, their ability to share how special this this moment was going to be for them and for their family. Yeah, one thing that I thought was really interesting and fascinating was on Friday during the joint media availability, Satu mentioned that this was big, not just for them as a family, but big for German basketball and European basketball as a whole. I know, you know, we talk a lot about the game being global on the men's side, but I feel like that global game really applies just as much to the women's game as well, too. You know, we see players from different parts of the world, Gabby and Marine, Gabby Williams and Marine Johannes from France, Han Shu from China, you know, the Sabali sisters from Germany, just having that global game really represents itself, I think is so valuable. And I think for the WNBA, just having, I think, especially a player as great as Satsu be the leader of a good team that's on the rise and, and someone that are the leaders of the PA as well too, just having someone like that and having her young has really wowed the coaching staff. Like, one fun thing I loved when I talked with Miss Sandy and her ability to like make good decisions, just her her strength on the on the inside. Like she's a great offensive rebounder in her limited minutes. So I felt that it was so great just to sort of have that family connection and really seeing the game grow in that regard. Yeah, I think also the Sabali sisters grew up in Germany, but Satu in particular did spend some time, I believe it's on their father's side, their mother is German, their father from Gambia, so of African descent. And another thing that Satu has said, but she really mentioned, and Niara also said this, that they're so proud that they get to be among a sister and sibling duo that's playing in the WNBA this year that representing the Pac-12 that also are representing uh, she didn't say this but I know she's talked about it before representing players of African descent and that is of course at least for this season the only other active sibling pair is Neka and Cheney Ogumake who did not start off playing on the same team but now are in the Los Angeles together and have been for a handful of seasons so I thought that was really special and we did early in the game on Sunday Brian get to see and we'll get to some of the defensive uh, changes that the Liberty made because it will be apropos to how the game played out but we did see for a little bit in the first half it was actually on the defensive side for the Dallas Wings where Satu's assignment was Niara Sabali. Yeah, I watched um for Dallas, Arike started off incredibly hot. I think she I think she had like maybe 10 points in the first quarter. And I felt that as, as the Liberty started sort of figuring things out, Sandy threw like a bunch of different looks at her. I think there were a couple possessions where Brianna got switched on to Arike. So that threw things off. Um Marine, Sandy mentioned in post game she's like hey you can defend these people you, you can 
do it. You can preach with about marine players to do more and try their best, especially on that, that side of the ball. So I thought that I thought the back and forth aspect of the game was really good. And I think, you know, for the Liberty, it's there's still areas where they can get better, but I think we're gradually starting to see the vision come together a little bit more and more. Yeah, I think you hit on a lot there. Again, um, you know, Niara Sabali was mentioned in the post game. You know, she didn't have a ton of minutes, did have a little bit of time where she was uh, being guarded by her sister. But um, I liked that. And I forget who asked the question, but um, she was asked. Uh, it was Jackie Powell, actually. I should have known. I did write that down. Jackie Powell um, got. Uh, Brianna Stewart to talk a little bit about Niara Sabali and about her ability to grab, collect a defensive rebound and then immediately push the pace in the other direction and how important that is for a Liberty team that does want to play with good pace, wants to play well in transition. And I thought Brianna Stewart had a great comment, not just about Niara, but about, again, the, the New York Liberty team. And so, uh, and Sandy Brundello has been saying this for a while for us, particularly as it, as it pertains to Niara, but she does what she needs to do. She comes in and there's no adjustment period, Brian. I feel like when Niara gets her minutes and they vary, um, she comes in and immediately, um, seeks to make an impact on the game. This episode of Gotta Get Up is brought to you by our new sponsor, the Bounceless Control Sports Bra. No more sacrificing your form to control the bounce. No more feeling embarrassed because your breasts want to work out on their own. No more doubling or tripling to make it through workouts. Now, one sports bra gives you the support you need. And our listeners and viewers over on Black Rosie Media will get 15% off their first order by using code BRM, which of course stands for Black Rosie Media. So head to bounceless.com to get your bounceless control sports bra and get back to your active life. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that question and answer about me are pushing it in transition like one thing about the liberty is that there's so much versatility in Yara who can who 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 who's great on the boards and can start the you can start the break and sometimes lead the break i think that gives new york a lot more advantages that they can exploit and i think especially for young players i think i think it's tough for bigs to pick up the game like there's so many like how do you defend pick and rolls, your post defense? How do you sort of get your spots in low post? Are you working in the high post? There's so many adjustments for big players to have to handle. And I think that Niara, just in just in what we've seen of her in games and from being around the team during practice, she's almost like a sponge where she's always soaking up information. And she's, she's soaking up a lot of game. And when she gets on the court, she's, a, she's putting it in action. So I feel that, especially for her, the more, the more she plays. And something I thought that was interesting, um, at the beginning of the fourth, Niara was the lone big out there with four wings. It was, I think, Maureen, Sabrina, Benaisha, and I think, I think it might have been Courtney or Katie. But um, Niara was the lone big, and the lineup looked pretty solid. So I was like, you know, this is enough 
other area where Sandy can experiment, try some new things out, maybe buy Stewie a couple extra minutes of rest if need be. So I think that the more Niara learns the game and the more Niara really sort of like shows why she was that number five pick in the draft, the Liberty have even more exciting options and buttons to push. I love that you mentioned that because at that point in the game, I honestly wasn't looking at Niara. I was looking at MJ, Marine Johannes. And that's because as the game was playing out, I was having a conversation about people. There are people that really want to see more Marine Johannes. They want to see her as a starter. They want to see her as a starting point guard. And I think that day will come. And I like what Sandy Brondello is doing to your point about that lineup. But again, having MJ with the ball in her hands in that lineup, because for me, where Maureen Johannes can benefit, particularly when it comes to her WNBA career, because obviously we know that she plays a little bit of a different role when she's playing in Europe and with her national team. But when it comes to the WNBA game, I love that there is a veteran guard that's on the ball in Courtney Vandersloot, which obviously is benefiting Sabrina Ionescu, but can also benefit Maureen Johannes and her development. She's smart. This is literally what um, Sandy Brondello said about MJ today. She's smart, but she's buying in on the defensive side. And I also think what I would add to what Sandy Brondello said is that she is also going to learn better decision-making when she's on the ball. We know she's endlessly, limitlessly creative, and that makes for an exciting game. And I think her balance has to come from refining when to use that and knowing the situation and being able to play a little bit more direct, a little bit more of a possession game when the game dictates that. That's going to be her evolution, and she's not far from that at all. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying she's a wild player or anything to that effect, but if I had to um, nitpick, that's where I, I think MJ's game has to evolve. So her getting minutes late in the game was critically important as well. Yeah, I I think especially for Marine, just having someone who can handle the ball for a little bit more. Like one underappreciated aspect of the Liberty last season was that Marine was above was over 40% from three-point range. And now you have so many people that you there are so many other eyes you have to watch on this team. And then you look, it's like, oh, hey, there's Marine wide open in the corner. There's three points for the Liberty. So it, I think having the extra talent around her and, and Marine's ability to move off the ball, like she's always on the go. She's always active. She's never standing still. So having a player like, like that who can move the way she does, get wide open shots on offense, whether in the half court or, on, or in transition, I think creates so much more exciting opportunities. And I think when she's on the ball, it's a situation where they mentioned it in post game, like the team tied a season low at turnovers with 11. So like, like you're saying, just not making those home run passes is going to be so critical for this team because you want to make sure you get every time down, you want to get a good shot. And with the, and with the five that's going to be on the court, you're almost guaranteed to get that every time. If the defense is playing really tight, you can just go to, Oh, Hey, Brianna, go do stuff, and she'll do it. 
Or if you need a three-pointer from really far out, Sabrina can dial it up. Marine can dial it up. You need something in the post, still we can go in the post. JJ can post. B can post. There are so many distinct options on this team. And I think with having ball handlers like Marine who can, who can make good decisions and I think also are getting more in tune with the new teammates, I feel that for as good as they've looked the past two games, there's another level they can go to. Like they mentioned it on Friday and today, they're striving for perfection. They're not there yet, but you just gradually get there. You you add a layer every day. And then next thing you know, we're gonna see the full complete final form of this team. And it's gonna be, it's gonna create so many issues for opponents. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because on this here podcast, Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans, <laughs> Brian, week after week, we talk about that. We talked about it on today's show, that the New York Liberty are building up to a 40-minute game. And that even in a win, that they mm -hmm. are being critical. That uh, Today, Sandy Brundello, or, or, or after Sunday's game, Sandy Brundello talked about JJ, her foot is fine, but we're getting the fitness level right. We're getting her um, conditioning right. We're getting her timing right, her communication with her teammates right, and that she saw good things from JJ and a, a much better version of JJ than we've seen in their eight games. So when, you know, and I'm going to pick on Tarika Foster-Brasby. I'm not going to say someone. Now I'm going to say Tarika Foster-Brasby. <laughs> First of all, because I know Tarika knows that I love her. Second of all, because that's how we do. She from Detroit, I'm from New York, and we just gonna say what we gotta say with our whole chest. <laughs> so when Tarika Foster Brasby is talking about how the New York Liberty are overrated, overrated. Well, first of all, I'm gonna keep it honest. I'm gonna keep it 100, Brian. You did give us a prediction, so I'm gonna get to you in a minute because I know what your prediction is. Yeah. Now I. Given mm -hmm. any New York Liberty, yep. I haven't given any New York Liberty predictions, not yet. And that's because my track record on this is very clear. I've been writing about this New York New York Liberty team, excuse me, for years. I've wanted a veteran coach. We finally got that. I've wanted a veteran guard. We finally got that. I said, ain't nothing wrong with Sabrina Ionescu, and we should take her at one. And what are we going to do to build a team around her? Been saying that. I've been saying back since Tina Charles was on the team because Tina gets a lot of, she gets a lot of hate. And I'm not saying she's always the most pleasant person, but even when Tina Charles was the face of this franchise, the franchise never did enough to build a winning team that, that could work with Tina Charles. I've been on the record saying all of this. So I have not given any predictions about what this New York Liberty team. I'm with Sandy. That's a bunch of y'all saying super team. I talk about super team in relation to what other people are saying. But not once have you heard Erica L. Ayala say that the New York Liberty are a super team. Can they be? Sure. But I'm from New York, baby. You got, you, you know, you know, talk is cheap. You know, I, I'm not going to say the whole because, you know, I was about to call yeah. DMX appropriate for this podcast, but some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Talk is cheap. So I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here looking at what we're doing day to day. But to say this team is overrated, first of all, who overrated by who? Because Tarika, I mean, and I know she's not going to like this, but I'm going to say it anyway. 
ESPN is one of them people putting that super team tag on the New York Liberty. <laughs> so you got you got to talk to your you got to talk to your colleagues about that. Because Sandy's not calling them a super team. Of course, I think we, we've we put a really good team. We've had a great off-season. But, you know, on paper doesn't mean anything at the moment. Um, you know, and we haven't had much of a training camp, to be quite honest, with all our players, the big three that were coming in. And uh, that's unfortunate, but it is what it is. So I think we'll just have to have patience early. But you, these are really – these players want to win. Uh, you know, I think Vegas is – uh, Washington, Connecticut, there's a lot of great talented teams out there. So we just got to focus on us just getting on the same page. Brianna's not calling them a super team, even though she's playing like she 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 fit in a she fit in a try and get another MVP. I'm gonna put that out there right now. Brianna Stewart is playing a, a, a holistic <laughs> game this season. I love to see it. You know, Sabrina Ionescu. You know, she's excitable. She's probably the more excitable one. And but 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 who's who's putting this super team tag? Who's saying that the nameless WNBA trophy is going to Brooklyn? Because it's not coming from the New York Liberty. Um, I think you know, I this is where I admit on the first episode, I was like, championship, this is happening. You could ink it in gold, put it in permanent marker, do whatever you want to call it. I have it as a championship. And I I think for the super team tag, after the Chicago came, Cindy was like, we ain't looking. So I think that for this group, they, they acknowledge the pressure that they're on, but they're not running from it. They're, they, know that, they know that this is where people have them at, and they're trying to get there day by day. So I think that for, 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 the, for the folks who I think are saying they're overrated, I'm like, nah, I wouldn't say that. I think that this is still... I feel like it's tough. It's tough to say that a team that's six and two still can be better, but this team can still be better. And I think what really helps them is that everyone's getting back to full strength. We mentioned JJ, yep. but she's looking. She's starting to look good. Like she's she yep. she had like there was one play on Friday on Atlanta where she blocked the shot. They 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 got they got out in transition, got it back to JJ for three on the wing, and I'm like, okay, this is this is what we've been waiting for. This team is putting it all together gradually and you know, locking in with Brianna being a world destroyer of anyone who stands in her way on defense. JJ starts to get rock solid offense. They're finding her in the paint. One thing that I noticed today is that, you know, when, when Dallas would switch, they'd get a right to JJ, and JJ would make stuff happen in the post. So there are so many different options to sort of handle. And so I many. think that if you, I think if if you're comparing the Liberty, if you're if you're thinking that the Liberty are supposed to be like fully formed by day one, you're you're never going to be sort of satisfied with what they do. But I think yep. if you look at if if you look at they're almost as like a starting pitcher in baseball where in the first month of the season, they're probably going six innings max, but as they're getting that rhythm and they're pitching seven innings, eight innings every time out, it's like, oh, wow, this, this player is amazing. So I think yeah. that you think of the Liberty as almost like a start, like as an ace pitcher, it's like, oh, you know, first month of the season, ERA is going to be like maybe three and a half. But then by June, it's like, oh, they, they're back looking like a sign again. So I think yeah. if you I think for Liberty fans, they know what's coming. And I think for the rest of the league, 
league as this team gets more and more acclimated with get out in transition clean up the boards do those kind of things that's going to be valuable and i think just to stay on, on today's game a little bit more in the first half dallas was working them on the board they grabbed 11 offensive rebounds after halftime just three so when this team is bare they can really just be unstoppable and especially at Barclays Center, you know, you have Sabrina throwing up 30-footers. You have Marine Fate drifting in the corner, hitting threes and falling into the crowd. That crowd is going to be another source of energy and another sort of like barrier for opponents. So when it all comes together in the way that it did today, it's like, hmm, this is, they got, they got some cooking on this side. I love it. And you said at the start of your comments that it's hard to say a six and two team can be better. I thought you were going to go the other way. I think it's hard to say that a six and two team is overrated. They're at the, they're at the, they're a top three team right now in this league. Also, and I'd said this to Tariq on, on Twitter, I'm pretty sure the New York Liberty already beat the Connecticut sun this year. So, mm -hmm. We'll be talking about anyway. I'm gonna leave Tarika alone yeah. for now. I'm gonna leave her <laughs> alone for now. But I do I think you said so many great things. And what I like about a Sandy Brondello team, although it sometimes would drive me crazy with Phoenix, and I think maybe some of that was that she had a some bona fide superstars that would they just knew when they could lock in and when they could let off the gas a little. But Sandy Brondello teams are never far from a playoff run. I don't care if they crawled in as the eight seed or they're there as the one seed. A Sandy Brandello team, from what we know of her coaching in the WNBA, a Sandy Brandello team going to find a way to make the postseason. A Sandy Brandello team going to find a way to make a postseason, and we've already seen that in New York. So do I think they're overrated? No. I think they're on target. I think they are working. And it's something that, again, we've talked about that kind of like all access behind the scenes. One of the things that Sandy Brondello was telling her team is that all that is noise. All we have to do is focus on what we know we need to do. And if we do what we know we can do, and if we improve where we know we need to improve, and if we keep hitting our benchmarks, then that is where we win. All that other stuff is noise. Yep. So, you know, and that's why she can get up there. You know, her team drops 100 some odd points and they have, I'm just, this is a hypothetical, but you know, her team gets a win, but they have 20 turnovers. What's the first thing she's going to talk to us about? The turnovers. She, that, that's, that's it. That's why. Building. Yep. That, exactly. They're building the consistency. They're building the habits. They're creating the expectations in real time. So I don't know if I can say where they should and shouldn't be placed in the WNBA. All I know is this New York Liberty team is playing pretty close to their best basketball that they have the capability to play at this time. And there's even more room for improvement. And that should make some folks yep. a little scared. That should make folks scared. Now, is it going to lead to a championship <laughs> this year? According to Brian, it is. So I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and see. We're going to wait and see how it's things happening. turn out. 
I'm all right. There you go. You heard it right here on uh, Gotta Get Up. Listen, I, I, I'm just happy to see it. For me, it's always been about consistency because the New York Liberty have not had consistency. I'm talking since Teaspoon and them, if we being real honest, because there were years where the New York Liberty, when the Eastern Conference and Western Conference kind of really meant something, the New York Liberty were always top of the East, but then they could not get it done in the postseason. That's not consistency to me. Uh, you know, wasn't it Candace Parker that said they don't raise, you know, Western Conference championship banners? You don't get points for that. Yep. She was clapping back at Kurt Miller. You don't get points for that. And that's how I feel about this New York Liberty franchise. Y'all don't get no points for that. Build the consistency, show up day to day, get better every day, and then we could talk. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, it starts with doing the work on the ground. And one thing that Olaf Lang said in, um, in, in the media availability back in, back in early May, he's like, if you talk about championships now, and this group is not fo like this group is so focused on doing the day to day stuff in the getting it right. That way, when it does come time for title time, you can really put yourself in the best position to be there. So I think that for this group, especially Sandy, like like Sandy, Sandy stays on top of them. Like if there's a, if there's an area where they're not doing the best, she'll she'll point it out. She'll she'll tweak it. She'll work on it to get the group where they need to be for next time. And that consistency, and I think that trust between player, coach, and team is so valuable, especially when you have so much eyes in you know in New York City, exactly. banner market for the WNBA. If you sort of like have that trust within each other, that unselfishness, that teamwork and that care, it really leads to a positive environment for everybody. And I think that for the Liberty, just doing that is so important. And if you, as we get deeper and deeper, and if they're going to be in a spot where they can compete for that championship, really hang, raise that banner up at Barclay Center, bring bring our city the championship it's been missing in basketball for fifty years. Come on. If we can Come do on. that, then every all the all yeah all the day to day work, man, we go. It's gonna happen. Like just got just got to do the day to day stuff, and then the final the final vision will be there. I love it. I love it. As you mentioned, the New York Liberty are six and two on a two game win streak. And we got some games coming up. Now we alluded to this. They will have a chance to uh, take on the Atlanta dream once again. Um, and then we'll end the schedule for the week on Sunday. Um, as they take on the Atlanta Dream at Barclays this time. Uh, and that's going to be on Tuesday. And then they will uh, close out the schedule for the weekend. Now, this is going to be a big one. We've been talking about, like, you know, revenge games, as we call them in hockey. But Sandy Brondello spent a lot of time with Phoenix, won championships with Phoenix, and this will be her first time getting to coach against Brittany Griner. So uh, I'm sure that there will be some emotions there. I do not know with any certainty. I would imagine that Sandy Brondello has at least been able to talk to Brittany Griner since everything has transpired and her finally getting home. Um, but what it will be like to coach against Brittany Griner, I, I'm not sure. And I'm sure we'll get to hear from Sandy that game will be Sunday. That's 11 a.m. Central Time, so that's 12 noon Eastern Time. That's going to be at Barclays as well 
on CBS. So on Brian, CBS. It's gonna be a, yeah, on CBS is going to be another good week for the New York Liberty. But uh, we always appreciate you coming on with us. Uh, we had Queen Bay today, so we'll have to check in. Y'all will have to check in with us to see uh, who Brian has got on the wall for next week. I see he's already eyeing. He's already <laughs> eyeing who we gonna we got to get squared up. Um, so, Brian, um, before we get out of here, we went a little long because, you know, we had to rant. Oh, overrated. I don't know what people's talking about. Anyway, we had to rant a little, but uh, just remind, <laughs> folks, <laughs> remind folks where they can find your work and uh, let us know what you got in, in the works, what you got cooking. Um, you guys can find me on Twitter at BusyXB, B-U-S-Y-X-B. I am doing some stuff at the local W. Our, one of our writers has a really good story lined up. I'm excited to have out, out, out this week. We've got some more things coming up. We've got game night on Tuesday and then Sunday afternoon. So it's going to be a lot of exciting things coming up. And I definitely think that, you know, as we go on this journey, just being back here every week is going to be really exciting. We get to like map out the Liberty of real time. So I feel like it's going to be a lot of good things down the line. Absolutely. And again, Erica L. Ayala representing Black Rosie Media. Make sure that you check on our YouTube page because we do put up the post-game media availability so you can see some of what Brianna Stewart and Sandy Brondello are talking about game after game, including we had Brianna Stewart and Sandy Brondello talk about the retirements and the Jersey retirements of not only Sue Bird, but also Sylvia Fowles, uh, including Brianna Stewart, kind of like me and a few other people wondering why the heck we had both Jersey retirements on the same day. Regardless of the scheduling conflict, we are very proud and happy for both the Seattle Storm franchise and, of course, the Minnesota Lynx franchise. And we appreciate them doing the right things The post-haste. That's right. Get them jerseys up in the rafters uh, for Sylvia Fowles and for Sue Bird. That's going to do it for our show. But make sure you follow the local W. Make sure you follow Black Rosie Media for all your New York Liberty content. And we will see you next week on Gotta Get Up. Peace out, Brian. <laughs> Thank you.